Good day, Brigade. This is Bobby, and we're coming at you with a special bonus episode of our podcast because while we wanted to do the Tuesday talk, there were so many little bits and pieces of stories that we wanted to do. But it didn't quite work as bits and pieces. So rather, we're going to be focusing on the individual that these stories focused on, and that is Ted the Cruise Missile Cruise. That fucking idiot. But before we dive into the stupidity of that man... We're going to give you a nice little fact of the day, and we really think this one's going to be a mind blower for you. Anyways, did you know the Pledge of Allegiance, the one that Americans have been using since the 50s for some stupid-ass reason, Cold War. Anyway, the Pledge of Allegiance was written in August 1892 by the, and this is the part that's going to blow your mind, Socialist Minister Francis Bellamy, 1855-1931, to born died. It was originally published in the Youth's Companion on September 8th, 1892. Bellamy hoped that the pledge would be used by citizens in any country. In its original form, it reads, I pledge allegiance to my flag in the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. In 1923, the words the flag of the United States of America were added, and that's when it became starting what we were recognizing as our Pledge of Allegiance. And it was in 1954 that during the communist threat of the Cold War, yes, back in the 50s and early 60s, the U.S. was actually behind, President Eisenhower encouraged Congress to add under God to it. Bellamy's daughter actually objected to this alteration, but it's what gives us today's fascist crazy right-wing pledge I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and for, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God. Sorry to those of you who actually believe in God and all that. I'm not trying to be offensive. I rather find it more offensive that someone included the phrases under God into a political statement for the United States when we have, as our First Amendment, freedom of religion. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways... Kind of interesting how a bunch of right-wingers have taken a pledge written by a socialist and turned it into a mantra, essentially. Anyways, that's our fact for the day. Let's get on with Ted the Cruise Missile. Okay, so as we've said previously, we're going to be talking about some stupid shit Ted the Cruise Cruise... Ted Cruise the Cruise Missile, whatever the hell you want to say at this point. As long as you get the cruise missile in there just to signify how blind and destructive he is. Anyway, as our lovable little fucking nut in Congress has decided to say to remain relevant, he's added a fun little list of crap. Our first and foremost one being probably the one we're going to have the most laugh at, his not really endorsement, but consideration of endorsement for the Texas secessionist movement. For those of you who don't know, Texas has had a secessionist movement ever since Texas became a state. It's just one of those things Texas does. It, it, it thinks itself more independent than it really is. I mean, economically, yes, it could in theory stand on its own. But in practice, with the amount of governmental mismanagement that would occur in the state of Texas, well, let's say it's probably not going to last very long. Anyways, he gave a not really but kind of endorsement by saying 
Well, if the United States continues to go down the path it does, then maybe Texas should secede for the sake of America. And it's like, Ted? No. Just shut up right there. But Ted didn't shut up right there. In fact, he went further and said, fine, we'll take the oil, we'll take NASA, we'll take the military. It's like, okay, don't know how you don't know this, Ted Cruz, given that you're a senator, a career politician, and have been Texas's bottom bitch since the 80s. But anyway, actually, I think he was elected much more recently. But anyway... Let me explain some things to you, Ted. First off, NASA is owned by the federal government, not by the state of Texas. Secondly, we can totally move NASA into many other locations that are, again, not Texas. The reason we chose Texas is because of its location towards the equator and its overall position. That's also why you find rocket launch sites in, wait for this, Florida, a state that's not Texas, but also has NASA stuff. But it's not the only state, Texas. In fact, there are several other states where we could actually launch rockets from, and it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Anything really at the same general latitude longitude as Texas would work, in fact. There'd be Hawaii, Florida, Georgia. We can go on, but you get the point. But let's talk about that oil one. Because I think most of us would be on the mentality, at least in the United States, that, oh, oil's our biggest thing that comes from Texas, and Texas is like, the place to get oil. That is a classic misconception. Yes, Texas has a lot of oil in some of the largest oil reserves in the United States. But it completely neglects a lot of other states and a lot of other large oil reserves under our control. Like, say... Alaska, the offshore areas of California, Pennsylvania, the original supplier of American oil. I believe we can also work with Canada on that too because we have some free trade agreements going on with them. I'm sure they'd like to talk trade. But this also kind of goes into the whole why the American Union isn't energy independent, so to speak. Energy independent being another way of saying we're not trading any of our natural resources that provide us with energy. Or as I like to call it, energy stinginess. You might not know this because you focus too heavily on the conservative mentality so long that you're unaware that free trade was originally more of a conservative idea or more of a right-wing idea in general. Sorry, not conservative, right-wing. There's a slight difference, and most people in the American Union don't get it, but we'll get into that in a later different episode. Anywho, the reason we don't need Texas for oil to depend on it, aside from all those other big states we just mentioned, is we can trade for it, and in fact, it's often cheaper to trade for the resources we need, but may have, because it makes it overall cheaper to produce things, makes it cheaper to do things. And not only that, but trade helps promote diplomatic relations. But of course, we're talking Ted Cruz here. He's not exactly looking to make friends with anybody. 
Well, except for the most deluded psychotic of people. Oh my god. That guy is a fucking idiot. Anyways, that's not the only thing we have to say on it either. Because, guess who he would jokingly pick as his president? Joe Rogan. Now, you could tell this is where Ted Cruz was kind of being joking about it, but he was somewhat serious. Of course, he gave like five to six different barriers on what it would take for them for him to consider secession. And when you consider it, think about it, it's like, okay, Ted, you know you, by sheer virtue of your beliefs, most of these aren't going to happen. We're talking things like D.C. becoming a new state, which is really god-awful grounds for secession, by the way. Oh, they became a state, so we have to stop being a state and become our own country. Yeah, we'll leave you to think about that one. Ending the filibuster, which, realistically speaking, is not a filibuster, it's a liberum veto. What is a liberum veto? Well, we've covered it in writings, but basically, a liberum veto was a policy that existed within the Commonwealth of Poland-Lithuania that largely can be applied almost by definition to the current filibuster within the United States Senate. But basically, a liberum veto was a situation in which an individual within the Commonwealth's chamber could basically declare a veto, and it would close business for the day, basically. It would take everything that was passed and addressed thus far, even things that failed, and throw them out the window. Now, our filibuster isn't that quite extreme yet, but with the way it's used, you would never see it used to this extent because the filibuster is used to block things immediately. And the way they use it now, you don't have to stand there from sunup till sundown making an actual argument or anything like that. You just have to say, filibuster, and you've got a filibuster. Maybe... We should start working towards making a real filibuster first before we talk about whether or not to get rid of a filibuster. Because right now, America just has a variant on the liberum veto. Because you need at least two-thirds of votes for most things, unless a special calling is made in which you can only only need a simple majority. But even then, just one individual can throw the entire ship off course. And you just need to say it. So when you look at it compared to the liberum veto of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, yeah, there are some improvements, but in reality, the fundamental problem is still there. And that is, a small group or even just one individual can throw everything out the window. And... We're all for hearing the concerns of minorities and small groups out there. There are a lot of small groups out there that want their voices heard. But one individual group or block of individuals who just simply disagree with something should not have the level of power to throw the entire thing out the damn window. Sorry, we kind of got off on a tangent more about the filibuster and less about Ted the Cruise cruise missile. But... Seriously. What filibuster, sir? There is only a liberum veto. But... That's kind of the issue, main issue with that. 
However, that is not the first thing, that is not the only thing that Ted Cruz has been favoring or saying. You know how Ted Cruz feels about Sesame Street? It ain't friendly. Don't know why, but Ted Cruz has a serious beef with puppets made by Jim Henson. I don't know, maybe he was molested by a puppet. He definitely has that I've been molested as a child face. I don't know. But it doesn't give you the right to attack Big Bird. And what are we going on? Well, Ted Cruz decided he was going to criticize Big Bird. Yes, the puppet Big Bird. For getting a vaccine, labeling it as government propaganda. Yeah, let's let that sink in for a minute. Big Bird. The fictional giant bird suit worn by an individual for the show Sesame Street designed for preschoolers makes a statement about getting a vaccine. Okay. Yeah, you know, whatever. Fine. That's fine. Whatever. That's not usually going to make news, right? But then, our captain, I gotta be the center of fucking everything attention, at center of attention for everything, the cruise missile. See, he's just like a real cruise missile. Just shoots in, blows shit up, and nobody's sure why. Just had to call him out on it. And all we can say to this is, are you fucking serious? Do you really think it's government propaganda for your five-year-old that Big Bird said, Hey, I got vaccinated. It hurt a little bit, but it's not something to be afraid of. My God. What else does Ted Cruz think is propaganda? Oh, hold on. Hold on. We might be getting something here. Mm-hmm. I think Ted Cruz might think Tickle Me Elmo might have something to do with child molestation. Encouraging them to go to the demonic satanic party. No? No, Ted Cruz is just crazy again? Okay. Yep, he's just nuts. Which, honestly... Really? Ted Cruz had to make a statement about freaking Big Bird? I mean... God damn, dude. It's like Ted Cruz just has his foot attached to his mouth every time he opens it. Just a mouthful of foot. Seems like that's all he ever has to say anymore. By the way, Pennsylvania, I like your oil production. You want to ramp it up a little bit? Show Texas who was really here producing the oil? I mean, if you don't want to, that's fine. Alternative energy is also a great option. Show them, you know, better. I got a proposal for all the states that can produce energy through means other than oil. Or coal. Because Ted Cruz apparently forgets that coal is a thing. Anyways, my proposal for the individual states is try to meet one-third of Texas's total energy production through oil using any other natural resource any other resource you want. 
It can be solar, it can be wind, it can be hydro. Doesn't really matter. Hell, it can be oil if you have oil. The point is, show Ted Cruz that the United States is not dependent on Texas, but rather Texas, that state that was it briefly an independent nation, is dependent upon the American Union. Because they are. Without us, Texas's independence would have never happened. Without us, there wouldn't have been an independence movement in Texas to begin with. Because, and this one might surprise you, especially if you're from the American Union, but when Texas was a part of Mexico, one of the biggest problems Mexico had was illegal immigration. Now you might be thinking to yourself, really? Who was doing that? Well, we'll tell you. Americans, largely promoted by Zachary Tyler and others in, at that time, under the doctrine of Manifest Destiny. Yeah. So they decided, we're going to move over to Texas. You know, it's Mexican, but it's tenuously Mexican. So, as settlers moved westward, many of them settled in Texas and California, which were at the time were both states of Mexico, or regions of Mexico, not quite states, Though they were probably briefly states at one point, Mexican's government shifts around, Mexico's government shifts around this time is really turbulent. But anyway, it was through this illegal immigration of Americans into Mexico that led to these later secessionist movements from Mexico by what were known as Texicans and Californios. Both were a part of the greater war of Mexican-American war. But this is kind of where it gets real funny. Texas, the state that fucking prides itself on its border and protecting its borders and fighting illegal immigration, was itself founded on the concept of illegal immigration. Now, we can definitely call them hypocrites left and right, up and down, all day, left and round. And if you want to, go ahead. Because they are. In, in terms of fighting illegal immigration, Texas is a hypocrite. Now, if they want to continue to work on that, maybe they should come up with a new premise, new argument. But if it's to protect their borders, well, Texas, it'll be interesting to see how you manage that if you do secede. I mean, after all, the federal government doesn't have to send you troops. It doesn't need to keep its National Guard there nor does it need to keep any sort of military or federal agency there. In fact, Texas, if you wanted to declare independence, taking that huge swath of borderland would actually help cut down on our illegal immigration by a ton. We also wouldn't have a huge-ass state that's too big for its damn britches trying to tell everybody else what the fuck they should do. Furthermore, I'm sure that a lot of people in Texas would probably be more than willing to change its government to something that actually listens to them, rather than dominates itself with a heavy, heavy focus on right-wing politics and ideology, rather than focusing on the wants and needs of the people, you know, like actual politics should function. So, what are we to do? Personally, I say let Texas secede. Why? Well, they're going to keep whining and bitching and moaning and screaming about it until they do anyway. So maybe let them do it, experiment for a year or so, 
let them realize how fucking difficult it is to manage an independent nation-state, especially when you put yourself in such shitty circumstances as you would, i.e. being wedged between two massive states with a free trade agreement between one another without any inclusion of you, in addition to dominating the oceanic territories that would lead to coastal areas, further add in the fact that you've pissed off both nation-states in one way or another, so embargoes would likely be in. But yeah, sure, Texas, secede. And when you want to come crawling back in a year, the door's always open. The point is, instead of trying to call for secession movements, every single time something your belief something of your beliefs doesn't make it to where you want it to, i.e. into law, maybe instead of whining, bitching, complaining, moaning, altering things in favor by authoritarian means, bitching, whining, complaining, we gotta say that twice, yes, forcing down new laws down people's throats and calling it legislating freedom, and then telling women that their rights are comparatively limited and that bounty hunters may be after them if they choose to get an abortion. Maybe. Maybe there's a reason we keep you from being the ideological demagogues you want to be. Maybe it's because when balanced out with a variety of other diverse views, your own views can take a little bit more perspective and not hit towards the heavy extremes. But of course, we're talking about getting the political views of a party that's been hijacked by populists to actually pay attention long enough to realize they're being hijacked by populists. You can see how this might be a bit difficult. However, the only way they're going to realize is if they see that their system just doesn't work. Which brings us back to, yeah, let Texas secede. Because Texas, Ted Cruz... Governor Greg Abbott, and basically the entirety of that state and its ideals needs to cash a pretty big reality check. And at this point, god damn it, if no one else is going to write it, we will. So, I'm going to get us a nice little check paid to the order of Ted Cruz and the state of Texas for... Five hours of reasoning. Only five hours. You know, we're not going to hold them all there all day. I mean, they're not going to listen after the first 15 minutes anyway, so. But yeah. You can take this check, Texas. Cash it at any store, any bank, anywhere in the United States. We'll take it. It is universally accepted. But you need to get a fucking grip on reality for five fucking minutes, realize it's not an ideological battle, and stop following their fear of Trump. Yeah, my German probably was atrocious in that, I apologize, but at the same time, I'm not gonna apologize for- I'm not gonna apologize too much for screwing up a Nazi-based term. Or rather, a term from German that later got bastardized into the Nazi ideology. But anyway, stop following goddamn Der Fuhrer. Stop following populist ideals so blindly. Start reasoning with yourself. Start realizing what is just simply impractical 
and stop acting like goddamn melodramatic five-year-olds. For fuck's sake. You're 50, Ted. You're fucking 50. You're having arguments and goddamn yelling at fucking puppets. You're a 50-year-old man arguing with puppets. Just think about that for three fucking minutes. You know what? Take five, because you might need the full five. And just realize that maybe instead of fighting for a goddamn party line that is ever-shifting and at this point in time controlled by a goddamn fascist Oompa Loompa, maybe you think for yourself for once. Kind of like that whole idea of a man should be independent. I think someone, I think some crazy sexist said that once. Oh yeah, I think his name was Josh Hawley. You know what? Let's talk about this for a second. What is it to be a quote-unquote real man? As someone who actually has balls in his pants, that occurred there naturally, but even if they didn't, we'd still walk, I'd still personally welcome you within the gender. But as someone who actually is a man by, well, I guess the actual definitions, by the most basic definitions, maybe we should talk about it for a second. What is it to be masculine? Well, the ancient Greeks thought having a, man, having a wife and a family and another husband. Yeah. Greek men thought it was manly to take a ma another male lover. So what does it mean to be a man in America? Well, it really depends on who you ask. If you ask the old 1950s conception, it's to bottle up everything inside, act as though you're not a human being, try to show your quote-unquote strength through hiding everything about you, and I guess keep it up inside until you either commit suicide, get so fucking pissy that you have to exert your authority over everyone, or become so disillusioned with your reality or so self-absorbed into it that you can't possibly be pulled out. This is what seems to be the masculinity thing going for him. Now, we can actually take Josh Hawley's words, but if we did, we'd be defining words left and right. And I don't mean in terms of political positions, I just mean all over the damn place. But one of the main traits, and that's one that really freaking stuck with me, was independent. Because what is it to be independent? What is it to be an independent being? Is it to go forth and work towards a party line of individualism? Or is it to be willing to think for yourself to realize, hey, maybe I don't have to follow into one or two mainstream pathways. Maybe I don't have to conform all my beliefs around a particular group or ideal. Maybe I can think for myself and maybe have some wacko out there beliefs. Another thing he says, taking responsibility. Well, that would be fine and dandy, Holly. Now, how about you, Cruz, and the rest of your party do the same thing? At least a couple of your members are trying to do so. And their names are Liz Cheney and frickin' Adam Kinzinger. Why these are the only two who are actually still sticking to the ideal of personal responsibility, I don't know. 
but by Josh Hawley's own definition, as of current, Liz Cheney is more of a man than he is. And you know, this kind of just goes on the point. What is a man anyway? Originally, it was either to denote gender or just meant to be a generic term for human. I'm a man, you a man, I'm a dude, you're a dude. You know, the basic idea. There's not supposed to be gender conformity to it. So, if you ask us, what is it that makes a man? Or masculinity, or what is that? To us, there are only a few quality traits that would work, and they're quality traits that can belong to literally anyone. Regardless of gender, race, social upbringing, or even delusional fucking realities you put into your head involving conspiracy theories created by Nazis. Yes, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, you can learn from this too. Oh, and Joe Rogan, because, yeah, that dumbass needs to learn a thing or two. Anyway, so what is it to be a man in our eyes? Well, it's the willingness to take personal responsibility and accountability for all of your actions, good and bad. A realization that you're not the greatest. A sense of humility, if you will. An understanding that while one can be independent and stand strong alone, that getting help from others and working as a support structure together isn't a bad thing and in fact can be even better. In fact, it shows us greater strength in some cases. Does, what need, does an ideal man need to be a husband or father? No! Fuck no! In fact, there, were many, there are many people one would consider an ideal man that were never husbands or fathers. They never had to be. Because what makes a real man, and this is the most fundamental thing, is being a human. To us, man shall only be a short-term phrase for human. And we'd like to ingrain that idea heavily because masculinity belongs only in grammar. It does not belong in a social net connotation. It does not belong in this mentality of I've gotta be this or I need to be the ideal this. Because when it comes down to it, there's just you, bud. And what makes you a man or nothing is how you decide to deal with that life. And if you want to go on a sexist tirade focusing hardcore on defining the needs and wants of a single specific group, that's you. And while I may not personally agree with it, that is a life you can live. But might I counter-propose that you try living a life in which you cooperate with others. And that holding the interest of others might be in your best interest. And realizing that in this ever-growing world and ever-interconnected network of reality, that eventually you're going to have to drop being an individual. That's not to say you can't have your own personality or your own beliefs or even your own name or anything like that. What it's saying is you need to consider that sometimes you have to put the needs of others before your own selfish desires. And that's what it is at this point. 
people putting their own selfish desires before the needs of others. And this is what's leading to a fundamental corruption. If you managed to listen to us, to us through the end of this, then congratulations. You managed to follow that well enough or just completely ignored most of it to be background noise. Either way, we're grateful and glad that you bothered to listen to us. So, we got a couple things we'd like to ask. We're not going to ask for donations because we don't need that stuff. We're a passion project. We don't need that. But what we do need you to do is, if you could, follow us, subscribe to us, share us with some people, maybe uh, do a few other things there that support us, maybe tell people you hate how much you like us, maybe tell them that they should hate us, because we deserve a little hate. Also, if we can get enough followers, likes, and shares, and this is a big wishful thinking, to supplant Joe Rogan's podcast... That would be the dream. Because instead of having an angry, bald, white guy yell at you, telling you his beliefs and shoving them down your throat, how about you let a not nearly as angry, long-haired white guy who doesn't really care what you want to believe in express his ideas and let you express your own to him? In fact, I would be perfectly happy if you wanted to say, go fuck yourself to me. That'd be perfectly fine. Do you know why? Because you at least paid attention. You paid attention enough to know whether or not you agree or disagree with us. Anyways, we are still officially on hiatus and our second season won't quite start. However, for a little bit of update on that, we're thinking for the second season we're going to shift to a bi-weekly release concept. As we find that the weekly, aside from being really difficult to manage doesn't necessarily help with just letting the word spread a little bit. Because if you had to go once a week real quick in rapid succession, that's, that's difficult. Especially when it comes to current events, political issues, and the like that we talk about. That's why we're going to be switching to a bi-weekly. Thought we'd inform you of that. Website progress is coming along great. And, well, we should be back sometime in early January, we're expecting. Anyways, thank you again for listening. If you could share, follow us, or hate us and follow, or hate us and share us, or hate us and follow us, or just follow or just share, we'd be greatly appreciative, and you would be helping out the brigade a ton. Anyways, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening, and for those who wish not to be tread on, they should mind their, one should mind where they step. And you all have a wonderful night. Sorry, we've kind of been a bit redundant. But last thing here, the song you might be hearing in the background is actually a composition of my own. I call it Awake. If you'd like to use it, feel free. Just credit me with the creation of it, and that's all I ask. Enjoy your night.